I thank you for this man of God. We welcome him here. We love him. We love what he's carrying. We just receive him in Jesus' name. Amen. How's that? Is that good? That's good. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, um, I've got a little bit of teaching that I'd like to start. I don't know how long. It's a series of teachings uh, on entering your destiny. Um, You know, I've been writing a little bit about it. And uh, it's really been kind of surprising some of the things that the Lord's been showing me. Uh, This morning I was even uh, reading the Bible and and kind of jotting some things down. And Susan was over there on the bed reading her Bible. And and I was just shaking my head. She goes, what is it? And I said, I'm just amazed at what the Lord's releasing and how he speaks to me. And uh, because sometimes when when you go through battle, sometimes you feel like, you're not, yes, you're not qualified to really hear all of what God has to say. Sometimes when you go through a lot of battle, the only thing you can see is smoke. And uh, at that point, Scripture came to mind. And I was pondering how the Lord, thank you, Vince. I was pondering how the Lord was speaking to me, and I shared that with Susan. She goes, well, isn't that the reason why he's giving it to you? Because you have gone through so much. Which means a lot. Have you ever thought about that? The Lord actually wants to speak to the ones that's actually been torn up and left for dead. Not the ones that are actually in here. Or the ones that are having just such a great life. If you're actually torn up and having a horrible life, that means you're qualified to actually hear more of God. Oh, you didn't hear that. I'm serious. Who got visited by Jesus? Was it the ones that were supposed to be visited? Or the ones that weren't supposed to be visited? The ones that were disqualified, their life falling apart. Those that were all kinds, having all kinds of problems. Even one that was being drugged out of the bed of laying with men and before Jesus. Got to see God face to face. And then hear God say, I don't condemn you. That's pretty radical. That's a pretty radical God, I'd say. I think I'd follow somebody like that, wouldn't you? And I think we're about to really be drugged right to him. I really do. I don't care what kind of sin you've been in. I don't care what kind of stuff you've been going through. God's going to cause his Holy Spirit to drag you right before Jesus, and you're about to give a revelation of really what his heart's like. And it's going to totally eradicate your life. It's going to change your life in such a way you're going to follow him all the way. That's what she did. She was totally ruined after that. Because she finally got to see what God was really like. I believe that's one of our problems here, even in the United States. We haven't had a real, true encounter with God, and we're laying with everything. And, but God is looking at us. can't wait for us to be drugged right before his face. And we're about to encounter such goodness of Jesus, it's going to convict us and bring judgment back on this country. And I'm ready for it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tired of being bored. Aren't you? But, uh, before I get started, though, and I'm just going to try to share as much scripture as I can, and we're going to try to start off on uh, building God's house or your purpose. If you want to write it down or if you want to, uh, um, I don't know, what kind of notes you want to do, it's, it's, I believe truly this coming year it's a time to build. And it's going to be building God's house, and it's going to be building God's destiny for your life. But uh, at first, I wanted to bring Logan up. This is my son that was introduced earlier. He read something to me uh, yesterday while we were um, eating, and uh, I felt like it was a real word for a a lot of us in this room, and I want him to share it. It comes out of Psalms 3. Morning, everybody. Um, It says, Oh, Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are my shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. This is the good part. Um, It says, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of the 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Well, basically, um, he gave this to me uh, yesterday evening, and I believe um, just as human beings, whenever we come under any sort of stress or any sort of form of attack, we automatically retaliate or act. Um, but right here is saying, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety. In order for God to move, we have to lay our carnal mind and flesh down before he can actually move through us because that's actually what's in the way in the first place. I just believe that the Lord is telling us that, um, hey, if you're going through a hard time, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't do this all the time, I'm just saying, but if you're going through a hard, hard time, just lay down and I'll take care of everything for you. That's it. If we'll rest and stop beating the air while there's trials going on, God's going to do the work for you. How many need that this morning? Are you really going through a mental? It's not necessarily sometimes physical or your surrounding atmosphere. A lot of times your war is in here. It's in your brain. It's in your old carnal mind. And when the old carnal mind starts being stirred up, it's actually time to rest. A lot of times we try to, you know, get highly spiritual and beat ourselves to death when it's really time to rest. Wouldn't you like to do that? Wouldn't you like to have the mentality of the kingdom? Okay. <laughs> We're going to get it whether you like it or not. I mean, how'd you like to have the mentality of John, the one, the beloved? That's pretty messed up. If you really read John... He was messed up. We wouldn't have liked him. I mean, he's on the Isle of Patmos thinking it's a wonderful time. <laughs> There's nobody around him. He's actually been called to be alone, exiled. They can't do nothing with him. Been accused, beaten to death, boiled in tar, and then put on the Isle of Patmos. Have no friends have no surroundings at all, no geographical things can, can actually tell him that his life is great. And he goes, I was put on the Isle of Patmos for the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's up with that kind of mind? You know, if you don't have anything in your life, that means you got all of heaven. And when you get there, you'll have it all. That's what John got. He had nothing around him except God. But a lot of times we judge our spirituality and our walk and our destiny by our geographical surroundings, don't we? But in some ways, sometimes you can. You look at John's life, has nothing around him. There must be something that God's trying to say. It means he's, had, he's got everything. If you have nothing on the earth, you have everything in heaven. If you have no friends on the earth, that means you've got God as your friend. I love that. So if you're ever looking at your surroundings and trying to measure your spirituality or your destiny by your surroundings, you'll always be lost. But if you allow God to repent, allow your mind to repent to the way of the kingdom or the mind of Christ, you'll start seeing your surroundings completely different than what you've been seeing them. You'll no longer have a judgment mentality. You'll start rejoicing. The more enemies you have, the more favor you got from God. I mean, what is up with that? Isn't that awesome? How would you like to have a whole crowd of going, man, I want more enemies. If you want more enemies, you get more God. You get more God, you're going to be surrounded by your enemies. Okay. I'm telling you, it's a lot different than what, the way we've been taught. Let me read this one more time. You want to you write this down? Don't measure your purpose or spirituality by your surroundings or what is going on. Let me say it again. Don't measure your purpose or your spirituality by your surroundings or what is going on. Elijah did the same thing. He got hit. Next thing you know, Mr. Prophet of all, you know. And he goes, I'm the only one alive. 
He starts looking at everything in the eyes of what? Fear, discouragement. He actually sees everything through the mind, through the mindset of that earthly realm, through that fleshly realm, the carnal realm. He's judging it by what has happened. He's judging his spirituality and everything by what has happened to him in his life. And he finds himself being, you know, fed by angels, and he still can't get up. And God's still sending heaven to encourage him. Then he gets supernatural power, goes to a cave, and he's still having trouble. And God still comes and surrounds him and encourages him and trains him to hear the still small voice again. And basically tells him, you're not disqualified. He tells him, now go start anointing Haziel and go find Elisha. In other words, get back up and keep going. Your warfare is actually confirming my favor in your life. How are we going to take ground if we don't get tough? We got to get tough, don't we? But tough is actually just having an understanding of really truly what's going on. And you start rejoicing in it. I'm still learning myself. My old carnal mind wants to grab a hold of the old, when the warfare comes, my, my mind wants to grab a hold of that spirit of warfare that comes to me because it loves it. How many times have you ever had anybody get angry at you? Anybody in this room? Okay. Let's start from ground zero. (laughs) Carnal. Here's the carnal mind. Okay, anger. I'm just going to do this one. This is just an example. Anger from another carnal state or person or spirit, whatever you want to say, however you want to put it. When it comes to your mind, your mind's going to all automatically want to agree with it because it loves to dwell in these realms. And so when you feel anger, you're going to what? What are you going to do? Are you going to go, hallelujah? (laughs) Or does your mind automatically go, what? It wants to agree with it, doesn't it? But but you've you've got this thing called, let's just call it religion. You'll get angry, and then you'll put doctrine behind it. Don't work. It doesn't work. Because you have to be in the spirit of the words that you've been trained in. So when, so when this world comes to you, it's, it's actually the Lord's allowing this stuff to come to show you what really what kind of mind you're in. And this is, it's Christ. But at the same time, when this stuff comes to battle, it's trying to find a place in your carnal mind or in your mind that it can actually grab so it can react and get back into this realm of this spirit called the fleshly realm or that earthly realm, evil realm, however you want to call it. Does that make sense? Like the Lord said when he was about to go to the cross, he said, the enemy comes or the ruler of this world comes. But what did he say? He finds nothing in me. And that's exactly what he did. He beat him to a pulp. But he was trying to get something in his mind to respond in a fleshly way. But through the life that he lived, he flushed the older man, that old self, out of him by obeying Christ, by obeying the Spirit. And by the time he got to the garden, there was nothing in him or in man that the enemy could even press upon. He would actually respond through this nature or spirit. Are you with me? Everybody on board? And I believe this is where we're going. I really truly believe. I believe the fad that's coming is a move of God of walking like him. Just like him. Having the nature. Having that mindset. and Having that understanding of really truly what's going on. 
Can you imagine what the enemy's going to do when he starts hitting us and we start laughing? If anger comes, joy, it ignites joy or love. Because anger hates love. You know that. Anger is a tributary of fear. So when anger comes, it's really a, a, like a cloak of fear that comes a, a, at you, and it tries to intimidate you, doesn't it? It tries to make you fold in. It's not the anger. It's the fear that's behind the anger. You can feel it. And so what it tries to do, it tries to get you to react back to it the same spirit as it came. And a lot of times we go, shut talabai. You know. Or we get all mad and, you know, and it's, it sits there and laughs and go, we got them. But if we can start understanding why we're being attacked because we have these attributes, then we can start responding in the way that God did, even while he was being beaten. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't you like to rejoice in your stocks if someone puts you in stocks? Wouldn't you like to start praising him because you understand now? Wouldn't that be awesome? What they did to the Lord is what they would do to us. I mean, that's a promise. <laughs> Isn't that true? One of the things I, me and the, some of these guys, uh, it was me and Stephen and, and Logan, we went to Manpower with uh, T.D. Jakes' church and over 10,000 men there. It was really cool. And one of the things I, that T.D. said that I just loved, he said, success does not feel like success. And I think right now we're in a place to where we're succeeding, but we're getting so much warfare and so much mental anguish that we feel like we're not succeeding. It's because at this point, we're not supposed to go on feeling, we go on faith. And if you're having anguish, if you're having warfare, that's actually a confirmation that you're actually succeeding. You're succeeding. Say, I, slap your neighbor and say, I'm succeeding. Yeah. If you're going through even mental warfare, slap somebody and say, I'm going through warfare and I love it. And, and I guarantee you, your mind's going to go, what in the world are you doing? Isn't that awesome? Listen. Okay, I'm telling you, in America, we go on this, oh, we got, you know, that's not hope. Man, hope is when you really get beat up and, you, and you're still standing. That's hope. Man, we got a God that was, uh, he was still standing after they killed him. He comes all torn up, still torn up, holes in him. Big old gaping spear that had gouged his side. He still comes and he's got holes all in him. He goes, look, I'm still standing. If you got holes all in you and you're still standing, that means you're walking in resurrection power. But the enemy's trying to get to your mind saying that you're not. And if you put that, your faith in that, you'll actually go into that realm that he wants you to go into. But if you've got holes and you're standing, that means you're looking like him and you're starting to walk like him. Isn't that nice? That brings hope. I don't know about you, but we need hope. Somebody said the other day, they said, I just can't believe there's that much hope. I said, what else will we have? We got to have hope. Without hope, you don't have anything. Because hope is the anchor of our soul that leads us into facing God. Without hope, you have no inspiration. Without hope, you don't have a way to even get inspiration to get your vision. And without vision, you perish. Think about that. Without vision, what? People perish. The people perish. But it's not me giving this broad, big vision it's actually us type of leaders actually trying to find out what the people, what, what, their, what their purpose is and what the vision of God is for their life. 
And I believe we're about to wake up to our true vision, our own personal vision for our life. So that we won't have to scatter. We won't feel like we're roaming to and fro. We'll be, have a goal and we'll be focused on it and actually succeed. Wouldn't you like to have a true vision and you go for it? Wouldn't you like to take over instead of waiting for God to come and rapture us? I'm sorry. I'm not going to wait on that. I'd rather take over. Wouldn't you like to actually fulfill your purpose before you go to heaven? Come on. I would. And, and even what I'm doing right now, it's not my purpose. This is my vocation. I got something else that the Lord's telling me to do. This is just a tributary. Okay. I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go ahead and start our purpose. I'm ready for, to see people actually start taking over. And I believe the enemy is going to start getting in our face more than we could ever, we could ever see. I'm serious. I believe we're right there where that story between Goliath and David. I, I think we're on the brink of one of the biggest breakthroughs, not only just for our individual life, but for our country. But we've been playing the battle array game and not doing anything. Okay. I'm serious. We haven't been doing anything. We've been saying a lot of stuff, but we, we haven't been walking in it. But it's time to walk in it. It's time to tell the enemy, hey, you uncircumcised thing, you're coming down. That's exactly what David basically told him. He wasn't thinking, man, I wonder if I can take him out. He was already thinking, I'm going to take your head slap off. He wasn't thinking, how do I do it? He was actually just saying, I need to go find a few rocks. I can't wear the battle race stuff that you're trying to give me. I've just got to go find the stuff that I'm actually comfortable with, and I'm going to do this thing. See, some of you guys aren't comfortable with laying hands on people. Oh, come on. In certain spots. But you're comfortable with laying hands on people that, you know, maybe even in a grocery store or in secret. Well, that's your place. Oh, boy. But a lot of times we get taught we got to just go, go do it everywhere, don't we? We've got to stick to one vision. But every one of us have a certain personality that God has actually gifted us with. You're certain rocks that have been hooned out in the river of God. Where God can take you out and throw you in a certain flight and you'll hit the target. A lot of times we think those rocks all look the same. They weren't. Okay. Listen, I'm telling you, I've studied this thing. He grabbed the certain rock he knew would fly a certain way to be able to hit his forehead. And if he missed, he'd grab another rock that he knew the way the river formed him, and he'd hit him in another direction. Uh, there are certain people in here that have been hooned out a certain way that only you can fly a certain way. I can't do it the way you do it. you're going to do it. And if I sit here and try to make you fly the way that I do, then I'm, I'm in heresy. I'm basically not teaching you the right way. I've got to find out what kind of, how the river of God has hooned you out. And maybe share something that would maybe spark you to get you to fly in the direction that God is trying to shoot you in. Does that make sense? Oh, we're getting crazy, aren't we? Y'all ready for this? Okay, I've said enough. That was my introduction. All right, we're going to build God's house, my destiny. Say my destiny. I'm just going to read a few notes here, and then I'm going to write down a few scriptures. Boy, that doesn't even look like scripture. Boy, if somebody walked in here and go, what in the God, what is he teaching? That's a nice eraser. Okay. <laughs> okay, God's house or your destiny is mostly the things that you can't do or be. Let me say it again. God's house or your destiny 
or who you're to be is mostly the things that you think that you can't do or even be. Have you ever seen yourself in a certain light and all of a sudden you just get inspired? Anybody. <laughs> Talk to me. Anybody. All right. If, when, you, when you actually saw yourself as something, I'm talking really something, did you go, <laughs> praise the Lord. Or did you actually get inspired? What did you actually feel? What do you think you actually felt? Joy, hope, creativity. Anybody else? Huh? That's good. Fire, fearless. Satisfactory, confident, and all, that's good. What was it? Good. Anybody else? What? Exhilarating. Alive, that's good. Those are their actual spirits that can actually help you get there. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. You just tasted the spirit that's on you that can actually get you to what God just showed you. That's why the angel of the Lord would stand and go, take courage. And, you know, like Gideon, yeah, take courage. Yeah. But that's a literal spirit. You've got to take it. You can't just look at it and go, wow, that felt pretty good. You know, I'm not sure I'll ever be like that, but that's pretty cool, you know. Now, that's the actual spirit that's coming to you to raise you up like the angel of the Lord did with Gideon and say, stand up. This is who you are. And this is the spirit that's going to lead you to that purpose. If you'll ponder it long enough, it'll stay on you. How many of us ever had a testimony or you go through something that's awesome with God and, and, and then you go through a kind of a rough time and you go back and you try to remember. And then when you remember, the same spirit that came during that time of that testimony, that, that incident that happened between you and God, what happened? The same spirit that you went through with God comes upon you again. Have you ever wondered why some of these so-called superheroes or athletes are so good? Because they know the principle. Some of them may not even know if God was shot or crucified. For some reason, but their DNA is to know this principle of God. It gets them to their purpose. Why can't we do it? Can you remember who you are? What are you thinking of who you are? Or how are you thinking of who you are? What's Christ tried to show you in your mind? What you look like? Take, for instance, what's the enemy said to your mind? And what kind of spirit have you felt come upon you when you looked at it long enough? And you found yourself living that life to the point depression will make you end up in poverty. That you get under such de depression, you start losing your job. It's weird. You start losing your job. Things doesn't go right. People start rejecting you. And you don't have a clue why all this is happening. You just know it's because I'm just bad. No, it's because you took on the spirit of that, that thing that came in your mind, projected who you were, and you felt the spirit, and all of a sudden you become it, and so you radiate it. When you radiate it, you reject everyone that comes in your life, including your finances. And the enemy's going over there going, ha, 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 they don't know. They just took the bait. And for, there's tons of people out there right now thinking it's all their fault. No. They just don't know. They don't know how it works. They don't have any understanding or vision. 
so they're perishing. But God's about to release understanding and vision to us so that we can never perish anymore. So we can never be scattered. Not just from each other, but scattered up here. I'm tired of being scattered up here. Aren't you? Wouldn't you like to see things the kingdom way? I really want to see it that way. All right, God's house is mostly the things you can't do because it requires faith in what you just saw or in the things that you you want to do but you feel like you can't do. You ever felt like you, you're supposed to do something and it's wonderful? Come on with me. Have you ever thought that the things that you wish you could do are the things that are impossible? And then we call it vain imaginations. Vain imaginations are things that you can do and it will give you self-gratification. Things from God are things that you can't do and it's going to require you leaning on God and walking in faith. But at the same time, it, it spurs this inspiration or like a, it's almost like starting a car it will send a joke to get you started so that you can start moving in it. Does that make sense? How'd you like to follow Jesus and all of a sudden the Lord says, and you've just been following him. You've just been doing what he tells you to do, you know, take some bread and feed them and all of a sudden things multiply. But you really haven't done it. And, you know, the Spirit of God just gets on you because it's on Jesus, you know, and all these things are working because of the big man. And then all of a sudden he goes, now I want to give you power and authority and I want you to go and do it. But you've never really done it on your own. And a lot of times we think that the disciples went out going, yes, hallelujah. <laughs> and it's going to work. No. They actually went out with nothing. They didn't feel anything. He just told them, now here's, here's the stuff. Here's your calling. Go do it. They went out going, man, I hope I stuff. You think I'm kidding? Why do I know that? Because he's done it to me and he's done it to you. How many times have people said, man, you can lay hands on the sick? And you go, yeah, right. Oh, come on. You know you have. You can walk on water and you go, yeah. Your mind automatically goes, that's for them. So what do you think the disciples felt? Been walking with God, and he goes, now it's time for destiny. And they're like, yeah. Because later on they come back, and they're actually surprised that it's actually working. You're not going to believe this, Lord. The, the demons actually came out. And we turned the whole city upside down. You believe that? We didn't even believe you. But we tried it. The problem is, is we've never tried it. You never, you've never tried something that you never thought you could do. Try something that you think you know that you can't do. I guarantee you it works. Mm. Well, what if it's too big? Well, too bad. There's people out there in this world that don't even know him. And they're doing it. And they've got more faith than the people that should be taking over and doing more than they sh they're doing out there right now. It's our time. You know why? Because it's God's time. It's the Lord's time. It's time for him to be glorified. Not him coming down and going, here I am. No, it's time for him to be glorified through the body of Christ. Through the whole world seeing him walking in his destiny. Through us all. Us performing the impossibilities. That's what this whole church is about. Doing the impossible. That's why you're here. 
Because there's something in you, I, I guarantee you, the reason you're here, there's something in you that wants more, not just more, but to do something that's great. You, some of you can't put your finger on it. Some of you have actually seen it. Some of you have actually probably seen it, and you're scared, and you're running from it. And so we choose to stay in our bondage and, and, you know, and give a few scriptures toward that area. I don't have the grace for it. I can't stand that thing. You don't have the grace for it. you got grace living in you. I mean, come on. You got Mr. Grace himself. And you just have seen your destiny. And the angel of the Lord is going, get up. This is your time. Stop sitting over there sifting your little wheat like Gideon. I'll just take this little portion. No. The whole world is waiting on you. The world that God has put you in, it's waiting on us. Okay. Okay. Because it requires faith in performing something you would not do. Not do. Say not do. Mm -hmm. We first have to count the cost, don't we? What's the cost to it? What's the cost of you actually seeing something great, what God has shown you? What do you think the cost is? Your carnal mind, your own fears. That's not too bad. What, else, what other cost is there? What is it? Rejection. Be your own. I can't do it. Well, that's a good cost. I'll trade that one in. <laughs> you got to get come. You got to go with me just a little bit. Just keep, let's keep walking together. What is your cost to actually fulfilling something that God has actually shown you? What's the cost? Huh? Say it. Step out. Huh? Fear. Fear of failure. So you really don't have anything to lose. Your desires, yeah, that's called, yeah, that's a good one. I've got that one written down, selfish desires. Because selfish desires always lead you to a dead-end road. You ever know that? You ever headed toward destiny, God's called you to, and all of a sudden while you're going toward your destiny, you know God's called you and you got this energy going, and then all of a sudden you find this thing come up in you and it says, you know, I'm going to kind of just go and pull off to the rest area for a little while. It'll be all right. You ever done that? And you kind of fulfill your own desires for a little while. And before you know it, you're way behind. You ever done that? But can you imagine just losing that? The cost is actually fulfilling what God has actually predestined you for. That's awesome. My cost is my own life to gain everything. That God has given me. What is it? It's really not a cost. If you really think about it. It's only in our old carnal mind. That doesn't want to lay down its life. Because if you ever start laying down those, your life. And you start disciplining yourself. To cut those things off. You'll find the reward. Right in front of your face. It's amazing. Jesus, Jesus was tempted on this thing. All the time. He suffered every day, overcoming it. And every day there was a reward. He died daily. So if you die daily, that means you're living in heaven every day. Isn't that awesome? You okay? All right, Philippians 4. I'm going to throw this at you. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to uh, kind of trap our old carnal mind. Is that all right? Philippians 4.13, what does it say? Anybody know the Bible? <laughs> Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through who? 
through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Now, I used to do this. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I used to actually wait on God to empower me so that I could do something. And the Lord finally said, you can do all things because I've put my strength in you. And whatever you put your mind to, then you can do. And I thought, well, I'm just waiting. And he goes, well, what about the world? They're actually taking some of these principles and actually giving more glory to the enemy. And why couldn't you do it? And give glory to me. And I thought, well, that's something. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine putting your mind to something and then know that God has strengthened you to do all those things? That you actually believed it. If you truly believe it, it kicks on the power that you need to fulfill your destiny. Are you with me? <clears throat> Luke 18 Luke 18, 27. But he said, the things which are impossible with men are what? Possible with God. What was it? Luke 18, what? Mm, I love this. Turn to Luke 14. For which of you, this is Jesus, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Have you ever actually done this? You ever tried this? I've actually tried this and I realized if I just sat down and count the cost, I'd realize there's not much of a cost at all. All I have to do is build. If I can focus on building and my purpose, I can get through all the, the agony of the trials that come along. But if I focus on the, on, on the trials and what it's costing me, then I'll never build. Are you with me? Have you ever done that? You find yourself in a squeeze and you start focusing more on the pain than where you're going. And you'll walk away from the very house that God's called you to build. I've, deal, I, I've actually dug foundation with a shovel. There is a certain point in the ground that you get to that you want to quit because it gets too hard. Because there's a rock area that you have to break through, and then there's another sandy area, and then you come to solid bedrock. Listen, what I'm trying to say to you is you're digging right now, and you're hitting a certain layer that's hard, but just below that, there's going to be this reward, and you're going to hit bedrock. You're going to come to the foundation of your true calling. But you got to keep digging. But what the enemy wants you to do is start counting how, how hard it is and how terrible it is and how frustrating it is, you know, and the things, you know, the meeting's not going right and I just, you know, we got to do that. And I just, I keep going to work and, you know, I just, nothing's breaking through. I'm trying to get, you're actually at the point of breakthrough. Just dig a hole one day. I guarantee you there's a certain place. I'm telling you, y'all are laughing at me. I'm telling you, dig a hole and see if it doesn't actually work. If you actually try the Bible it, and, and go try this stuff, it'll actually work. There is a certain place to where you go, I don't know if I really want to. And then once you break through, it's downhill from there. That's where we are. We're hitting rock, and you're in a hard place. You're between a rock and a hard place. But you're right where you're supposed to be. Don't be praying, God, take me out of this. Because he'll put you right back in it. I just got to have breakthrough. I just got to have breakthrough. But really what you're saying is I really don't like where you put me. I mean, if there's anybody that had the right to actually get murmuring and complaining, it was Jesus. Every day he had somebody in his face. I'm not right. I would have gone, I'm not really the son of God. <laughs> and you would have too. You do this great miracle. Come on, guys. Every time you have something great in your life that happens, 
And then the next day, it's like hell just hits you right in the face. Have you? Or have you ever succeeded on something? Anybody succeeded in anything in here? Have you ever had some kind of breakthrough and you had success and then all of a sudden you get boom, you just get hit? You ever done that? That means you're taking it. You're taking ground. Don't back up. And don't pray yourself out of it. Pray yourself in it. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right, what time is it? We end at 12.30, right? Yes, okay. I'm, I only got to three scriptures. Y'all ready? Right, let's read the rest of this. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs? Notice he said sit down. I'd underline that. Sit down and ponder, really, the cost. You'd be surprised. Whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation, is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him and saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Now, I, I want to hit something here with, with maybe a group of people. There are some, of in, some in here to where you've started your purpose over and over and you've stopped. And you may have had people say, you know, they, they start stuff, but they never finish it. Or you may have your own mind and your own conviction saying, you know what, you start stuff and you never finish it. And you've been haunted by it to keep you from going back and digging what God has called you to do. If you keep listening to this voice that keeps speaking to you, you'll never fulfill your true calling. You would much rather fail trying than never trying at all. God loves failure more than your success. That's why he loved Peter more. That's the first person he starts looking for after he gets raised. Go find Peter. At least Peter tried. P Peter was even trying to war for his buddy, Jesus, and cut off an ear. And, and Jesus never even says anything bad about it. Doesn't even strike him dead. That's weird. Hadn't even gone through. He should have went through Sozo or something, you know. And Jesus puts the ear back on and says, Peter, you know, put your sword away. I would have gone, no, strike him. I mean, he just told him, put his sword away. Hey, at least he tried. You've got to try. Say, I've got to try. Look over at somebody and say, you've got to try. Cut somebody's ear off. No, don't do that. But you've got to try. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to give you one more, and then we're going to pray a little bit. Our cost is dying to our mentality and following life himself. And finding out where he truly lives in your life. And that's the destiny he's put in your heart. How'd you like to find out where he truly lives for you? Where's he actually at? Where is God in your life? Where does he dwell? Where, does you, where is your inspiration? Are you in it? Are you dwelling in it? Are you in his house or that place? Would you like to find where it is? Do you know there's a scripture for this one? Okay. John. John 1, 35, 39. It says again the next day, John, this is John the Baptist, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is, of course, translated teacher. Where are you staying? I would have never thought of that. Where, 
Where do you live? Wouldn't you like to actually just find out where he lives? I mean, would you literally like to find Jesus' house? Wouldn't you like to go there? There is a literal house where Jesus lives. Do you know that? Literally in heaven. You'd be surprised what it looks like. But there's also a place where Jesus dwells in your destiny. And if you don't follow that destiny or follow the Lord to that place, you'll never have that indwelling power that you've always wanted. But in that place is where he lives. In that place is where you have that empowerment. And the enemy's trying his best to keep us from getting there. Does this make sense? What do you seek? They said, where you stand? And he said to them, what do you say? What do you say? Get away from me and don't look. What do you say? Come and see. When, now, if God says come and see, that actually means you're welcome. He's not just not flippant. Anything God says, it's not flippant. That's eternity to people. This will go on for eternity to all humanity. Come and see. And that's our invitation today. Where, am I, where are you dwelling? Where are you going in my life? Where's my destiny? And what he's saying, I heard him say it this morning to you guys. There's an invitation. Just come and see. In other words, start walking, and you're going to start seeing. That's us. You're at the brink, a lot of you. A lot, some of us may have to bust through some of your old mentality. Some of you are right on the brink of going, you know what? I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to follow him no matter the pressure. I'm going to do my destiny no matter what people say. Or what the accuser says to my mind, I'm still going to do it. I don't care what I say about myself. I don't care if my own heart condemns me. God welcomes me. That's you. And it's time to build the destinies of God that, he, that he's placed in every individual's heart. Because if we start building it, then the world will see that God is real. It will create love, unity, gladness, joy. All kinds of power will start falling upon you. Not just for you, but for the people that are watching. For the people that you'll touch. And then you'll be able to train them the same way. Does this make sense? I hope this helps today. Close your Bibles for a second. I'd like to pray for us. I've been asking the Lord, you know, I, being in the prophetic, I've just, I've always reached out and wanted to see the, the unseen. I want to see the kingdom. I want to see spiritual things. And lately, the Lord, and this is just with me, but lately the Lord says the most spiritual thing is the most, most simple things right now. And he said you could easily miss them. He said it's like a mustard seed. And I think some of the most simple things right now that are in your life can lead you in the most powerful doors. Things you'd flippantly just kind of slough aside are the very keys to enter you into what you're supposed to be doing. But I think God, what God wants us to do, wants to do is impart vision for us today so that we can understand and be awakened to those very simple things that can get us into the, door, in the doors. Does that make sense? Lord, I, I just pray right now that you would break every form of Goliath accusations that have just spurred in our minds. Lord, I ask for everyone in this room 
to be jolted by the power of God to fulfill their true calling with you. Lord, I pray for the endurance and the supernatural power that you gave John. John had to press through no telling what, the pressure just to walk with you into those courts and take all the accusations that you were taking. But he, he knew his purpose, and that was to be with you. And he pressed through all the pressure. And at the end of his life, he was still with you on the Isle of Patmos. It didn't matter his surroundings. It didn't matter who was talking. It didn't matter if they boiled him in tar. He knew he was not going, he was not, he was going to finish his destiny. Whether he was born in tar or pressured by the enemy, he knew by the power of God that he was going to finish. And Lord, I ask for that supernatural endurance that you gave John, that you gave your son to come upon us this morning. And Lord, I I just, I, I want to break the pointing of the finger of the accuser of the brethren that's tried to point in the minds of people. I ask that you break it off today. And I ask that you bring the finger of God into this place and touch our mind and open it up to the impossibilities that you've called us to walk in. Lord, I even pray right now, anybody that needs healing that's even that's dealt with, it's hit them so hard, it's pulled them like an old hook into a mentality that is lower in Christ. It's called them to be depressed. I wonder what's going to happen. Lord, I ask that you'd, you'd release an anointing to heal this, this morning, right now in Jesus' name. That the finger of God would cast out every demonic thing where people have been hit. Come, finger of God, and touch every person touch every person heal them right where they are Lord drive out every fear and every condemnation you have no place here for they are in Christ they're not in you they are in Christ so we release all condemnation right now off of our life we choose to believe that God has purposely looked upon this church and looked upon these people today with favor and saying, come and see. Come and see what I've laid up for you. I've gone to prepare a place for you, a place that's wonderful, full of power, full of joy full of healing and full of grace. I break every form of of, of a spirit of failure and poverty off of people in in this room in Jesus' name. You have no place here. And I I prophesy to HOZ that you're going to rise up like the root of Jesse. You've been cut down on purpose to a stump, but now a great tree is about to grow. The root of Jesse is about to be planted and grow miraculously. I see this huge tree growing here where every form of people would want to come and take shade in it. Lord, I ask that you would make us that tree. Make every person a root to this tree. Even those that have been called to this church, Lord, I ask that you would spring up new wells new wells and new water and a refreshing wind even to come upon those that have actually been planted here and let it rain again upon these roots and I ask for the power of God of miracle grow to come upon everybody's destiny that's sitting here can God save a nation in a day if he can do that he can change your life in a day He can make your purpose spring up in one day. 
what you thought would take 50 years or five years or even a day to do, he may could do it in minutes. So Lord, we put our faith in you and in your spirit and no longer in what the enemy's been telling us. We put it in your miracle grow. We put it in you. Uh, this girl right here, um, what's your name? Uh, Brenda? Brecca. Uh, I want to share something before I sit down. There's, um, when you, you walked up this morning, I saw a big old hook walk in right next to you. And I saw the Lord giving you like a hook in your next phase. It's gonna, you're going to start bringing in all kinds of people. There's this evangelistic type of power that's going to start coming upon you. That uh, one, it, The hook was so big, you could just get 50 at one time, and then 100. And you'll be like Peter. You'll be able to just throw out the net and just grab them all. But there, then I saw, uh, have you ever seen the movie um, Hook? It's actually about, uh, what's the guy's name? Peter Pan. Uh, and and, and I, I, saw, I saw where the enemies tried to kind of keep you from flying, but you're, you're about to fly, and it's time to start believing again. There was a point where Robin Williams was sitting at a table, and all these young kids were actually eating this, you know, food, and it was invisible. They were grabbing an old bowl, you know, and it was in, invisible. Y'all remember that? Yes. They're grabbing an old bowl, and they were eating, they are going, Nyum, and he was going, what the, you know, and, and finally he got it. And once he believed, it became food for him. I'm telling you, there's, there's a vision that God's about to give you. And if you believe it, you're going to start eating it. And it's going to be, the next vision is going to be food for you. It's not going to be just food for everybody. It's going to be food for you. And God's going to bring, bring provision to you. And there, there's some type of healing that's coming that's going to be miraculous. I don't know what it is, but something. There's, I see a door closing and a big old door opening. The things that you've been walking in are real small. The door that's about to open is going to be huge. And it's going to be bigger than you to where you're going to have to have people with you. Yes. I, I'm, I'm being serious. You're going, to have to have, you're going to have to have people, and God's going to start calling you uh, to certain individuals. And they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be that comfortable sometimes. But it's going to be exactly what you need, just like Jesus needed Peter, all those weird guys. They, they, I mean, think about it. The kind of people Jesus had around him you'd think, that's not really too good. But I'm telling you, the people that are coming to you are really going to spur you on. And you're going to need it for this next phase. I hope that makes sense. But And I, I encourage you to read, uh, not read, but uh, watch the movie. Watch watch Hook. I'm telling you, I, I encourage everybody to watch Hook. A bunch of Peter Pans in here have been sitting around just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's time to fly. You know, it's time to eat those things that are not as though they were. Oh, uh, come on. Don't get me started. Why not believe in the things that are not? We're believing in the things that are. That, that doesn't give you anywhere. It doesn't get you anywhere. Believing in the things that are not. So if you feel like you can't do anything, that means that they, those are the things that you can do. Oh, okay. uh, I'm going to knock you. I'm telling you, I'm going to knock you in the face with faith. I'm telling you. Slap your neighbor and say, get some faith. I'm telling you, look over somebody and say, get some faith. Some of you are not doing you're not going to get it. Look over at somebody and say, get you some faith. Hit them on the shoulder or something and say, get you some faith. And if you don't have somebody next to you, walk over to somebody and say, get you some faith. I'm telling you, there's faith in the room. You think I'm kidding there's faith here to fulfill everything God's called you to do. You think God's going to lead you to the, the, to the Jordan and go, uh, look at all this death, you're really not going to make it. No, he's going to say, take off your own mantle and pop this thing and let's divide it and let's get on with it. Uh, listen, Elijah didn't go, I hope the Lord comes and, and parts the Jordan. No, he grabbed his own mantle that he actually got from his father and popped the Jordan himself and it divided there's things that God has put on us that we can actually divide and cross over into. Oh, uh, you think I'm kidding? Say, I got the mantle. Say, I got the mantle. Yeah. How many, how many in here? Uh, is there somebody in here needs healing in your throat? Why don't you stand up real quickly? 
How about incurable, an incurable disease? Anybody have that? Or, anybody? You got that? Come on up here. Come on up here. The incurable diseases. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Bring them up here. You know somebody with cancer, and you and they're not in this room. I want you to come up here and stand for them. Anybody that's not, if you know somebody that's in this that's that has an incurable disease, I want you to bring them up here or stand up here and stand in proxy. The guys with the throat, you're fixing to get hammered. Not in a good, you know. I saw the hand of the Lord take it put his hand on your throat and it's like he widened your throat and when he did like this once you look at me he did like this and I saw this huge hard yoke just pop off your neck there's this tightness on your in your throat and then all of a sudden I just saw this old hard woody looking yoke just pop off does that make sense what I want to do is I want to just prophetically do that I want you to look at these people I want you someone go to them and just put your hand right there on your throat and I want you to just pop it. In Jesus' name, we break this right now in Jesus' name. Leave. There it goes. There it is. Get your joy back. I command you to get your joy back. Break. Break. There you go. Take your deep breath. It's about time you get some breath. Get your breath. Get your breath back. 